Okay, okay, let me just wish a happy Mother Day, Mother's Day to everybody at all of our campuses today. Man, we've got lots of moms here today, and we want to honor new moms, expectant moms, single moms, adoptive moms, military moms, stepmoms of blended families, and grandmoms and great-grandmoms. We're glad to have all y'all here today. We've got lots of moms in our house here today. And you know, if you're new to Compassion, we're a multi-site church, so I want to ask all the moms... And all of those who are going to be moms in the next few months, if you would stand up on all of our campuses, East, Downtown, Midway, Effingham, Statesboro, those of you here in the room, if you're watching online in Bimini, stand up. Let's give a, just a thanks to God and all these wonderful women who are with us today. Man, we love you, love you, love you. Glad, glad, glad that we can honor you today. Okay, Fanta, y'all sit down. I know y'all tired. You got to be. You got to be tired. Now, guys, listen up. This is Mother's Day. If that's a surprise to you, God help you. But, uh, you know, this is, uh, you know, uh, let, me, let me just give you the heads up here. You're going to have an opportunity to say something to your mother today. Now, I'm not talking about cook something, give something, take her somewhere. You're going to have an opportunity to say something to your mother today. And, man, we have designed this message so that you will have an inside view of what every mom is dealing with uh, every day. And let me tell you, it's the good, the bad, and the ugly uh, and so I hope you will listen up and take notes and prepare yourself to say an edifying word to your mom sometime by phone or Skype or, you know, in person today. Uh, this is a great opportunity. Now, I've had a lot of experiences in my life, but I have never been a mom. Uh, I grew up with one and I'm married to one. Uh, and because of that, uh, I believe that being a mom is one of the most joy filling, life giving experiences of life. But I also know by watching those two. That being a mom is one of the most exhausting, challenging, uh, difficult callings of life. I mean, it's tough. Now, did you hear about the guy uh, who was sitting at work on Friday before Mother's Day? He got to think about his wife, raised a house full of kids, all she's done to, to make that family so awesome. And, and he felt like, man, I got to do something to surprise her. I mean, I, I got to do something special so she'll know how much I appreciate her. Uh, so he stopped by the florist on the way home and he picked out one long stem yellow rose. He went to the front door of the house, rang the doorbell. Wife came to the front door. He whipped that rose out and said, baby, I was sitting at work today thinking about you. I was thinking about how much you have blessed me as a, a wife and as a mom for my children and how much you do here at this house. And you are a wonder. You are a gift from God. We could not make it without you. We love you and we want you to know it. And I hope you'll take this rose as a token of my pledge to show you the love that you deserve. She took that rose, held it to her chest. She thought, you know, this has been a terrible day. Dog ran away. Kid fell at school, got cut, had to take him to the emergency room. Washing machine ran over, and now you come home drunk. <laughs> now, you know, these women are loaded up, man. They are loaded up, all right? Now, we all know the pressures of being a mom are real. And so our hope for this service today is that we will edify, that we'll build up all of the moms who are here. Uh, all, all of those of you who'll be watching this message, we want to bless you. We want to lift you up. If you are tired or discouraged today, we hope we will give you some hope. Mother's Day is a great day. It's also a very sad day. It's a sad day for people who struggle with infertility. And we have bold, courageous women who are here today uh, just to honor the Lord. But this is a grief to you. Because you want to be a mom more than anything you can imagine, and that has not happened for you yet. And you've prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, uh, and it has not happened yet. Uh, I put my arms around a couple on Wednesday night who lost their baby, four months old baby, a couple months ago. 
And let me tell you, coming to church on Mother's Day was a hard thing for them. And they just wept and we prayed for them and, and the Holy Spirit is comforting them. But man, that's a, a grief they're dealing with. For many of us, this is going to be our first Mother's Day with our mom celebrating in heaven and not with us. And so, you know, you're going to have to deal with that absence in your life. And we just want you to know if Mother's Day is a hard day for you, and it is a hard day for a lot of us, we want you to know we love you. And man, we are praying that you will be comforted by the nobility that our church focuses on women uh, in general and moms uh, in particular. Now, if you're, uh, if this is a hard day for you, then you know that not everything in life is good. But you know God is good. Amen? Amen? And God does good. And God alone can work all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Now, you're going to meet a compassion Christian woman later in this service today who finally became a mom after 11 failed adoption attempts. And today she is enjoying her first Mother's Day as a mom because she never gave up that hope. That man, God could and would work through those 11 heartbreaks for her good and for the good of the baby that she's raising now. Now, she's just one more mom who's proved that the Bible is true when it says, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Amen? Amen. Listen, moms, you have a great God who loves you and wants the best for you and can work through all the hard things in your life for good if you will stay strong in your commitment to his purposes for your life and for your family. Now, we have some pretty amazing moms at our church, and I asked three of them if they would allow me to interview them about the joys and the challenges of being a mom, and they all said yes, and thank God. So let me introduce you to our panel of mothers today. Uh, this is my Sarah Huxford who's going to come out and join us, and this is my daughter, Lindsay Huxford, and this is Christy Birchfield, who works with me here at Compassion Christian. Man, we're so glad to have you all with us today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And these are some busy moms, and I appreciate you making time out uh, to come and visit with just a few of your friends here today. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, uh, tell us about your life and where you're at in terms of mothering. Okay. Um, I am a mother of three boys, and uh, they have multiplied that joy by many times, but aren't those the cutest three boys ever? Ever. And the then best. I have uh, 11 grandchildren, so that's my season of life, and I'm telling you, I, I don't say it to brag, I'm just saying, I have 11 grandchildren, how did that happen? We can't even get a picture all together. We, we have to get people that just love us come to take a picture because we can't pay people enough to, it's like herding cats, but there they are, our 11 grandchildren. We think they're the cutest ever. So that's my season. Okay, fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> All right, Lindsay, uh, where are you at in your st uh, stage of being a mom today? So we have four kids. Our oldest is eight, um, and then Emma Grace, so he's Harrison, H2. Emma Grace is seven right now. Callie Joe's about to be five, and Jackson is 22 <laughs> months. And that's more realistic. Emma Grace is usually trying to help us with Jackson. The other two are oblivious, but at least they're smiling and looking at the camera. Yep. So that's, yeah, that's real life for us right there. Fantastic, fantastic. All right, Christy, how about you? Um, we have six kids. Wow. Um, four boys and two girls. Awesome. There they are. We range from 27 to 17. Man. And then um, three of our, our oldest three are married. So this is all of us. Yeah. That's my daughter and loves included. So. 
That is there fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. And then, Sarah, you wrote a book about marriage uh, a couple years ago. Is that I right? I did. I wrote a book, Everything I Learned About My Marriage on the Back of a Harley. I thought I knew it all <laughs> till I started <laughs> trusting him on the back of a Harley. Hey, but hey. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, as the longer we're in ministry, the, the marriage and raising kids, we seem to still get a lot of questions about that, even though we're older. But it's one of those things you just need backup for. So we tried to write some suggestions you know, good suggestions in there, but it, mostly people like the stories. <laughs> now, have either of you two written any books about your family experiences yet? I want to encourage you to no. do so. I'm, think, I'm working on a coloring book about my awesome. family right now, so it's going to be, it's gonna be great. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Christy, tell us how faith was a part of your family as you were growing up. Sure. Um, I am the youngest of four um, by a lot of years, yeah. by um, 18 years, and um, my mom and dad divorced when I was five years old, uh -huh. and so I was raised um, basically like an only child in a single-parent home with my mom, Wow. Um, and I can't remember a time in my life that I did not see my mom um, either in her Bible, studying, teaching, um, and just fully relying on God. And so um, I, I joke sometimes that I was you know, born in a pew, raised yeah. in a pew. Yeah, yeah. Um, we don't use pews anymore, but if they were here, I'd still be in it. Like in the old days. In the old days, yeah. Right. And so, but um, yeah, I can't, there's not a time in my life that I don't remember faith because of my mom yeah. um, playing such a huge part in my life. And to go through such a huge disappointment like that and then faith continued to just stabilize the family. Fully relied on him, yes. Oh, man, that's awesome, 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 awesome. Okay, okay, uh, Lindsay, how about you? How was faith a part of your family when you were growing up? Uh, I grew up a preacher kid. Wow. And so we've got it on both sides. <laughs> Harrison was a preacher kid, I'm a preacher kid, so that's why we're so crazy and we're that's sorry right. about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was just, we were always at church. We, you know, were the first ones there and the last ones to leave. You know, my parents instilled in us to serve and, and all of that. So um, faith has been a part of my life as, okay. as long as I can remember as well. Yeah, how about you, Sarah? Um, it's been a, an, a privilege to be raised in a family that I started very young because I had five siblings. I mean, there's five of us and I'm the youngest sibling, so I had a lot of parents. Uh, that were trying to direct my paths. But so I started very young in the Lord. Uh, but I have to just say something about because it's my mom was just such a great relationship builder between the, us as a family and uh, with our my parents, with my dad. And, and um, I think my relationship with the Lord stems from a mom who just was all in with Jesus. And when she was sharing relationship with me, it was about Jesus and not just not fighting with my brother. But... <laughs> Yeah. My mom did that. All right, so you grew up in a really tight uh, Christian yes. home as well. So how'd you meet your husband? <laughs> well, <laughs> he swept me off my feet. I Boom. saw him behind a potted plant, <laughs> and I saw who he was, and somebody pointed out and says, I know who that is, and I happen to be rooming with your old girlfriend. And they don't want to hear about that. <laughs> and so, and so on, on the day that. she thought she might get a diamond, she got dropped, so you didn't have anything good to say about it. <laughs> Would you like to? She had it coming, baby. I'm telling you. Would you like to come? <laughs> would you like to comment on your ability to communicate? But anyway, uh, that's what she thought. Better so, now than then, apparently. <laughs> I had no good thoughts. However, a friend introduced us, and we were going to ride all the way to Atlanta. By the end of Atlanta, I didn't think you were a jerk anymore, and you did sweep me off my feet. So. God bless you, baby. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Lindsay, how let's move along, everybody. Hey, let's keep this thing moving. <laughs> you asked. That's right. How did you meet your husband? 
Well, Cam and my parents went to college together, yeah. and so we kind of grew up as family friends. Yeah. They knew each other, we, and Harrison and I evidently played together as children, but we don't really remember that. Uh, <laughs> but we did end thing. up at college together at the same college and just uh, ended up dating after he got through a bunch of other women. <laughs> so he was a little bit of a serial dater. <laughs> oh, yeah, I called him the serial dater. And so then we finally, at the right time, the Lord knew best, and uh, we ended up together. All right, fantastic. How about Chrissy? How about you? Um, I met Steve. Um, we both worked for a company. I was in human resources, and we brought him as a contract employee. And um, there was a lady in my department who had recognized him, like, you know, saw him and said, you're going to marry that boy. And um, he's a redhead. And I said, I don't date redheads. Um, <laughs> so um, she arranged around Valentine's Day for us to be at the same desk. And she said, so Steve, what are you doing for Valentine's Day? And I'm just mortified. And he said, I'm going out of town, actually, because I'm dating two girls and I don't want to be around. And I was like, no. Um, but a few months later, we did go on our first date, and it, it's worked out pretty well since then. Uh, yeah. Apparently so. Six kids later. Six yeah, kids that's later, right. Yeah, and, and, and you've been married how long now? 27 years. How, about, how long have you been married? 13. How, how long have you been married? 34. Wow. Okay, good, good, good. Hey, now you all are professionals. Uh, have, have you taken a break from your profession because of your responsibility as being a mom? Christy, what would, how would you sure. answer that? Um, there's been different seasons in life, seasons where I was at home when it was the best thing for our family and yeah. seasons when I needed to work and that yeah. was the best thing for our family. Um, we, um, our six kids, um, we actually grew our family three or seven years ago um, through adoption. Wow. So our youngest three, um, wow. we adopted seven years ago. And the company that I worked for at that time gave me maternity leave for that, which I thought was really awesome, and um, was able to spread that out. And through the course of that, realized that it would probably be a good idea for me to be back home again for about a year just to transition. And so, you know, I think that every family has seasons. And so when you are aware of that, you know, and if it's a time that you need to work, it's okay. And if it's a time that you need to be home, that's okay too. Yeah, fantastic. How about you, Lindsay? I am a stay-at-home mom right now. Harrison and I just uh, prayed about it, and that's what we felt like the Lord was asking us to do. And uh, same, though, like, you know, the biggest thing is if you're a working mom, um, if you feel like that's where the Lord has called mm-hmm. you to be, don't, don't feel guilty about that. You know, if you've brought it to the Lord and that's what he's asked you to do, then just be all in at work and yep. be all in at home when you get home. Um, I think the Lord calls us all to, to different things. And so he's asked me to be at home. And um, sometimes I wish I was working some of the time <laughs> to get out and, and yeah. enjoy some uh, adult conversation. So, you know, I think we can b- both look at each other and, and feel like, man, it would be nice to be on that side. So, um, but live fully in what the Lord is asking you to do, yeah. as long as you're bringing that to him um, in, in every season that you're in. Yeah. How about you, Sarah? Um, I have a season most of the time is uh, dependent on what you and I decide. So I just wanted to mention that. As a couple, Mm -hmm. I think it's one of those things you need to decide together what's the best for your kids because you both know it's the biggest job and the most important job you're doing. So when they were very young, I stayed pretty much where I wanted them with me all the time, but I would do things. We would work in ministry where they could come with me, and we would just work different ways because they were young. But there were also seasons where our kids grew up with two working parents that worked full time, and then we have to decide as a, as a, as a couple how that we keep it healthy for them because that yeah. is one of those things. 
that, um, so I think I've done both mm -hmm. and I think we do it best when we do it together and I'm not just saying that because you're sitting here but yeah. I think we have to be on the same page with it. Mm -hmm. And the other thing, this is one of the areas where I think women, we compare ourselves to other people and you can't do everything in every season. So, but that you look at people in other seasons and other places and, and you're like, why can't my life be like that? So I think it's just once you determine between you and the Lord and your, your spouse that just try and be joyful in that season because I think both are very healthy for your children. Right, mm -hmm. right. Lindsay, how have you, um, what have you done to deepen your faith as a mom? I mean, I know your life is like, <laughs> like this all the time, but what have you done to deepen your faith as a mom? So I think one of the, the biggest things um, <coughs> is just getting in the word every day. Yeah. You know, just, just keeping your relationship with the Lord, number one, um, because that's the best, you can be the best parent and the best wife um, by staying close to the Lord. So making sure that that's a priority. And sometimes it's really hard, um, you know, to try to find time um, at home with kids running around. Um, but it's important, you know, to keep your, your uh, quiet time up and prayer life and all of that. The other thing that I feel like has been a huge help for me is to um, find relationships with other women, with other moms um, that are real. Like not just surface level things, but real um, relationships where we can talk about like, oh, my kids are driving me crazy right now. That's yeah. a thing. It happens. You know, you yeah. don't have to act like it's not and That's you don't right. have to act like life is perfect. <laughs> and I think it's okay to be able to say that uh, to certain people and for them to encourage you when you need encouragement and sometimes even say, hey, I don't think you're, you're kind of stepping out of bounds here or whatever it is, but they can kind of call you out on stuff. That's been huge for me just to not do life alone. And we even like, once, you know, I've, I've read something in the Word that morning, we'll text each other about it and encourage each other with Scripture and I'm praying for you with this. So, so those, those two things are really important. I'm, I'm going to echo on that too, Lindsay, just because I, I remember growing up with my mom. Um, one of the things that happened in our house regularly were class meetings or, you know, mm. prayer nights and yeah. um, where there were women regularly in our home that she was meeting with. And so she modeled that for me, how important that having other women, you know, in similar or a few steps ahead or a few steps behind stages right. of life that right. could encourage her. Um, and one of the things that happened through that is that her women became my women wow. as yeah. a young, you know, a young person growing up and having other women that I could go to for support yeah. um, that I knew where they were praying with my mom for the same things that she was praying for. Right. Um, and it's been amazing to me to watch with my own daughters now that the community that I've developed, my women, have become my daughter's women. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, we joke like they'll go spend the night, you know, they'll have sleepovers. They're not coming to see me, they're coming to see them. And yeah. so, yeah. Um, you know, it's just amazing to know that. So a couple weeks ago, um, I called one of them and I said, hey, when you talk to this sweet girl of mine, if this comes up, and she said, oh, already on it, already <laughs> took great. care of it, this is what I said, and I said, that's exactly what I said. So just having that support group and, you know, mm -hmm. just knowing that it's so valuable to your kids to see to see that. Yeah. So. Yeah. I want to jump right in on that. The best thing you do... Uh, um, for yourself even, is gather around those yes. women. You know, we, at church, we don't pass you out a group when you get here, but as you invest in lives, this group of women that you become your women, and that because I think girls 
we need each other. I think there's, we learn a lot in the, in the male world where we get that, but there's t- something about a women's study where in a women's study, I think that keeps me strong. I get excited about it because we can really talk honestly about stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I just love the fact that, yeah, my personal quiet time, which is, um, you know, I just have to stay strong in my personal quiet time. But one of the ways I stay strong in the scripture is with other women in the mm-hmm. word. And I, I got to break on my daughter-in-law. When you go to her house, you'll see her Bible study chair and her Bible and her stuff. I used to hide away and say, okay, I finally got some minutes away from the boys. And I wish my kids had seen me out yes. there. Yeah. And she has the big chalk, uh, her big huge door grate with like a blackboard on it with verses. And I'm like, that's what gets me excited, that they see, that's a part of your life, mm-hmm. and they see you with the women that you pray with, and the women you have, those other voices, and they, I just love the security of realizing you're not in this alone. Not alone. So even your own personal growth, you're not in it alone, just with your time with the Lord, but time with other people that can deepen you in the Lord. And mm-hmm. all, all three of you in different stages of life in different churches have found that kind of fellowship with other ladies at the church. Yes. Yes. You came looking for it and you found it here. You have to mm-hmm. look for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You do. It doesn't, you know, Sarah said they don't just hand it out when you walk in no. the door. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if the devil could stop you from having anything, yeah. that's right. it that's would be right. that kind of fellowship. Yes. And yes. so, of course, we've got to persevere and yes. dig for it a little bit. But, man, I'm yep. glad you've been able to find that. Okay. Now, y'all all wear a lot of different hats, wife, mom, grandmother, professional responsibilities, pastor's wife of a huge campus, HR specialist, uh, you know, all of that stuff. You got volunteer responsibilities as well and kids and grandkids and husbands that you really need to dote on if you're going to be a spiritual woman, right? (laughs) How do you balance all of that? How do you keep that balanced? Um, I don't think you really can if you try to do it all. I mean, you can, but you're not, you're going to do all of it a little bit less. And, um, and I, don't think we recognize that enough that you can't do it all. Um, someone once told me that I didn't have the spiritual gift of more. Yeah. And, um, and I was like, what are you talking about? Of course I can do more. Um, but you really can't and do it well. Um, so I'll tell you a quick story. Um, when our oldest three were very young, around Christmas time, we were throwing a pretty large party at our house. And I was trying to do more and running around like a crazy woman. And I came by our Christmas tree Um, which I'm pretty particular about. And I had an ornament set that was supposed to be Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus. And um, I saw Mary and I saw Joseph, but I didn't see Jesus. And I screamed at the top of my lungs, (laughs) where's baby Jesus? And I hear one of the boys in the kitchen say, not in her heart. So... One of those boys, (laughs) I just want to show how this works. They will grow up and they will tell stories on you. So one of my sons, one of those boys became a storyteller. Like he doesn't lie. He doesn't tell fibs. He actually tells stories. And um, he made an entire promo for a Christmas series at their church in Ohio using that entire scenario. Uh, Um, You're famous is what you're saying, right? Yeah. yeah. So, okay. but what we what learned from that is that you can't do more and you're sacrificing. You choose to sacrifice something when right. you try to do it all. And right. um, I think we talked about this, that, you know, you can do it all. You just can't do it all at the same time. So right. there's a season that you can do some and a season you can do the other. Yeah. And it's okay, but you do, your kids will tell stories on you mm-hmm. and you can't do it all. That's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. How about you, Lynn? Um, well, I just, there are certain things I choose just to not worry about. Like my children dress themselves and 
you know, you will probably notice that and judge me for it. And I don't care. <laughs> it's just, you know, I did not have to dress them. It was, you know, no stress off my back for that. And, um, and so they like, seriously on the way here one day, we were almost to church and I was like, do all of my children have shoes? Hmm. And it would have been fine if they didn't, it doesn't matter, you know? So I think just because I don't, some people love to dress their children and, you know, make them look great and put the big bows in and that I don't care anything about that. And if you do, that's great because it doesn't drain you. But if it drains you, don't feel like you have to do it. Don't feel like you have to, you know, kind of play this role that we're shown everywhere. Um, the other thing is there are seasons where, like last fall, uh, my children wanted to play soccer and it just was not a good time for our family. Our youngest was gonna be running on the field. I could see it. Like I knew it was gonna play out like that. And I just did not wanna chase him the whole time. And so we just, as a family said, it's, it, we just can't do this. It's not best for what is for our family right now. It may have been great for that one kid, but for our family, it was not the best thing. And so we didn't do soccer last fall and they were fine with that. It ended up being fine. And then this, spring, we were able to pick up and do soccer again. And it was fine because we did it with another family and we could help each other out. So just knowing, like she said, there are seasons of times where you may have to say no to something, but that doesn't mean always, right. you know, you can then pick it back up. No for now, not for always. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of how we do that freedom to say no <laughs> and not get bullied by comparisons. Yes. Right. It right. Seems like those comparisons are just brutal. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you know, you judge how you feel on the inside against how somebody else looks on the outside right. and you just can't win that. You can't win that. Okay. How about you, how, how, Sarah? What would you say? I about think balance? I've just got to echo it. They said it all that <clears throat> the way you handle it all is to realize it's okay to ask for help. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, even in the family, I remember where you, you think you're managing everything. And in our family, I remember a day where I screamed at the top of my lungs, there are 10 hands dropping in this house and there is only two picking up. And so everybody has to help pick up stuff. There's junk everywhere. And so I was trying to get him a little math lesson, but the truth is, I should have asked in a nicer way, but it's okay to ask for help. And, mm -hmm. and that's the truth about life when I think we've already mentioned it, but the truth is there's backup even with friends. There's mm -hmm. backup with other sisters in the Lord that are like, okay, you're a little crazy right now. Let me answer for you. <laughs> but I mean, it's okay to let your, the, the people that are close to you in your church family and in your, and in your blood family that you know what, I can't do it all and I'd really love some backup. Mm -hmm. Okay, Christy, you're in the launching phase right now. What's the yes. most challenging part of being a mom for you right now? Um, <clears throat> I have a lot of strong feelings about things. Right, um, right. And at this stage in their lives, I need to be an invited counselor. Yeah. So I would say challenging for me in the sense that learning when to speak up and when to not. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and learning um, that I don't have to speak into it. I my the young older ones that are married now they have done an amazing job my three daughter-in-laws are amazing and i love watching them learn to navigate life together um and so that's exciting but also as mom it's challenging because again there are things that i'm like oh but you have to be invited into right. that conversation and right. Um, my life verse for the longest time has been Psalms 5.3, and that says, In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you, and I wait in expectation. Mm -hmm. And there's two things about that verse that I really clung to it when they were all little, but even more so now as adults, because that expectation um, actually 
the word is el piso and it translates to confident expectation that we can wait confidently on what he's going to do in their lives and when it talks about laying their request it's actually talking about laying it out like a sacrifice yeah. and um you have to learn early on to lay your kids out like a sacrifice before yeah. God. And because he loves them more than you ever could, he wants more for them than you ever could, right. far more than we can imagine. And so just creating that habit of constantly laying them before the Lord every morning and then just waiting confidently to see what God's going to do. And so, like I said, I did a lot when they were little, but even more so as adults yeah. um, and just knowing that God's got this yeah. and that I can be confident in what he's going to do. And as they get older, really, prayer is the only is the most powerful thing you can do. Yeah, you need yeah. to get really good at hitting your knees. <clears throat> That's right. Okay. All right, Lindsay, how about you? Uh, I think the challenging, most challenging thing for uh, me and for Harrison right now is is just the disciplining phase. You right. know, we're eight and under, so there's a lot of that going on. And um, just a, an example of kind of a way that this has been challenging for me. Uh, last week, I got a call from... Uh, the school and one of my children was a little bit in trouble and it was her first time so they were being it was just the teacher talking and and um, but she told me what happened and I immediately wore that like I felt ashamed I felt embarrassed mm -hmm. and um, I'm a people pleaser so it was not uncommon for that to happen to me um, but I'm all, I'm glad I had some time where she wasn't at home so that I could take that to the Lord. Because at that time, if she would have been home, I probably would have started disciplining out of the dysfunction of my own self. Um, and it's not fair to do that because we have to discipline the way the Lord wants us to discipline. And so um, I was able to kind of gather myself and think through it and text some friends, pray, you know, for me as we kind of, as I walk through this with her, talked to Harrison. Harrison ended up telling me, I had been praying that our children would get caught, you know, because we don't want them to be able to live in that. We want them to be able to be caught and it come to light so that we can, we can begin to instill in them the values that they already know. But, you know, we don't want them to have those um, greater consequences when they're out of our house. We want to be able to control that right now. And uh, so anyway, I, I was able to kind of get through that and take it to the Lord and be able to discipline her in a way that was healthy, knowing that she's going to make mistakes. She's going to mess up. They all are. And um, I can't put my perfectionistic, you know, people pleasing right. on her. Um, so discipline is hard. Yeah. And you're praying <laughs> Very hard. that your kids, when they rebel, they'll get caught quick. Yes. <laughs> Not get yes. away with it. We have one that's a little yes. bit, she's got this little deceitful, she is a storyteller. Yes. Like the, <laughs> like, but now yes. she's a storyteller. Right, because she doesn't want to get in trouble. And, and we pray that she'll be caught in her lies because we don't want her to get away with that. Right, right, mm -hmm. great. How about you, Sarah? What's your biggest challenge right now? In this season, um, I've just got to say, my mom died of Alzheimer's. And, and uh, so as I think about being a mother and a grandmother, she was a great grandmother. Yeah. So in this season, when I would want to be a, a grandmother that's making the most of those times, I can't help but think about my mom, especially on a day like today, uh, the, the lack of having her in my life when I'm now at this stage where I would, you know, she was so great at it. So I just think that the challenge is I, I long to be what she passed down to me as a grandmother and make 
making the most of their times because the Bible talks about for your children's and your children's children, you're supposed to uh, feed into that. And so uh, we just long to also make a difference into your grandchildren's life. And that's kind of my phase right now. And I know that my boys had Cam's mom a, a lot longer and I'd wish they'd had my mom, but Cam's mom then became my mom and that voice that feeds in. But, but it's just a hard day. And so some of you might know that that feeling, but, but part of this season of being a grandmother is you remember that what a great grandmother your mom was, and uh, mm. I do the same. Yep, cool. Lindsay, mm -hmm. how are, would your kids describe you if I could get them up on stage right now? How would they describe you? Okay, so I asked my eight-year-old this question, and he said, fun, nice, and he was like saying all these really <laughs> sweet things, and I said, do you think this is a trick? Because he normally is not like my really sweet kid yeah. who gives me all these compliments. Yeah. And he was like, mm, kinda. <laughs> so <clears throat> I think that they would say strict, which comes down to that discipline thing. Like, well, you know, you're in that stage of life where you're saying no all the time. Right, And right. need to, to keep them out of prison. Amen. Right, yes, yeah. and for, yeah. from hurting themselves yeah. or other people, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of, I think they would say strict. Strict, okay. Yeah. And God bless you for that. How about you, Christy? Um, well, I sent out a group text because we're all over the place, and um, my daughter in loves gave me the sweetest answers. Yeah. Um, that's why they're my favorites. But, um, <laughs> so, but I did get, I got loving and caring. Um, I got bold, and I got strong-willed. And I thought that was very ironic. Um, coming from that child, but, um, <laughs> and actually that could be your next book that, you know, parenting the strong willed parent. I, that's, mm. that's not a tapped market yet. You can yeah, maybe yeah, get yeah, into that yeah, one. Yeah, so. yeah. But yeah, when they're older and you ask them, you get all sorts of funny answers. Oh yeah, no doubt, no <laughs> doubt. How about you, Sarah? What do you think your kids would say? I'm sure at this stage they would say all good things because in Proverbs it says they'll rise up and call you blessed. And I know that doesn't happen until <laughs> after 30. So out, they're that's out there right. somewhere. <laughs> they're out there somewhere saying I'm at that. Um, I think, I only remember another huge quote where I'm, I'm just doing life as normal. And they look at me and they're, mom, you're freaking everybody. So I think they thought I was a little bit more intense than they wanted from a mother because they wanted more freedom to kind of go off that next mountain without me worrying. I'm saying, well, somebody's got to worry about here. Your father never worries about anything. So. <laughs> no, that, no I, that may be how they describe me. I don't know. <laughs> okay, okay, baby, thank you. You don't That's worry enough about that. it. That's enough of that. <laughs> okay, now y'all think about this. If you could go back in time and you could say anything that would encourage your four-month pregnant with your first baby self, <laughs> what would you say? Um, I'd say a lot of things to myself back then. Um, <laughs> like, you don't need more Slurpees or Krispy Kreme donuts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just one child. Um, but <laughs> you're not eating for three. Um, but I think I would tell myself two things. Um, one, I would say that um, the days are long, but the years are short. And that's a quote that you hear a lot, but I think looking back, you can really, you feel that. And there is this, um, there's a teacher, Nancy Lee DeMoss Wagamuth, and I probably said that wrong. She, I read this about 10 years ago. Yeah. And I wish, I wish that I had read it 27 years ago. Right. And it would have been my banner. Um, and I want to share it with you. So... Nancy says, if we persist in believing the lie that we are not responsible for our children, we play into the hands of the enemy who is determined to claim the next generation for his kingdom. 
The scripture teaches that each generation is responsible to pass on to the next a heritage of godliness. This is both an awesome privilege and a weighty responsibility. The sobering fact is that we are responsible for the seeds we sow and we must live with the harvest that results. We cannot plant seeds of half-hearted, undisciplined, worldly lives and then hope for a crop failure in the next wow. generation. Wow. And yeah. um, I, again, I just wish that I had read this so many years ago. It would have sunk in, I believe, in a way that would have made me understand. Uh, you know, Galatians 6, 9 says that, um, you know, don't grow weary in doing good because you're going to reap a harvest if you don't give up. That's right. And we are going to reap a harvest. We reap a harvest of whatever we sow. And that's so right. whatever we're sowing into our kids, we can't be surprised when that's what we harvest. Yeah. And so understanding that it is, it's weighty, but it's, it's worth it mm -hmm. to sow in those things that yeah, we want great. to see later on. Weighty, but yeah. worth it. That's yes. cool. Yeah. Lindsay, how about you? I think um, for me it would be that it's tougher than you think it's going to be. Um, I was the best parent before I had children. Like I knew exactly what everyone should do with their kids. You know, I would look at that kid and be like, my child's never going to do that. And my kids are never going to pitch fits. And um, so I was a really good parent. And then you have kids and you realize that they have personalities and they have tempers and they have this little, you know, same thing you do. You're a human and you have sin. And so it's, it's harder. It's tougher than you think it's going to be. But it's so much greater than you think it's going to be too. Yeah. I mean, just the love you have. And um, I feel like my fourth, Jackson, displays this really well because he is just like all crazy. He is all boy. He's going to climb everything. He's going to... Um, just get into everything. I mean, we're constantly just running around getting Jackson off tables and things like that. <laughs> and so he is just like super crazy and really tough, but he's also the first to give you like this really tight hug and he loves to snuggle in the bed and um, he's just got this really sweet loving personality too. So I feel like he encompasses what it is to be a mom just in his little personality of being really tough but just so great and so loving. So it's, it's tough. Harder it's, than you it's thought worth it. and it's better awesome. than you thought. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's great. That's the, way, that's, that's the Christian life right there. Mm. Yeah. How about you, Sarah? Well, Cam had us think about this, our best advice. And so I just got to start with scripture. In Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 7, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. And on down another verse, it says put them on your door frame. So this antique door that she made a chalkboard, she's already biblical. She's got the verses <laughs> up there. That, that your kids just see, that, and that's what I love about your house, that your kids just see that the Bible's part of it. The world doesn't think a lot about the Bible sometimes, but this will be the book that gets you through. And I, I would just say that's my best advice is that um, make sure that your kids know that this book is important to you. Impress them on your children and make it so such a normal part of your life. And so I just want to give the other thing I think the best, my best advice is, is get resources, get help. I already said that to help back up. So I got to show you one other book besides the Bible. It's called Love Does by Bob Goff. And I gave these out at Easter to each of our families. And so for them to read it, it's very short. They can read it at supper. But it gets conversations going. And that's my, truly just my heart for you. I wish I'd known to keep the conversations going. 
more times I lament over, we had a lot of great suppers where dad would read Chronicles of Narnia and we'd talk about stuff, but there's so many suppers where we didn't. So many times we were too busy. But to keep those conversations going. So I gotta tell you one more big thing here. I talked to my oldest granddaughter, her name's Riley. She had it, just had a birthday. And she, the stories in there, she's a grade school kid and they're just so interesting and they start her thinking and talking about stuff. So she'd go out to the neighborhood and she'd talk with a little girl about the stories they read. And then the next day she went again and by the third day, the mom comes to Haley and says, where do I get this book? So <laughs> I just want you to know that your kids too, they long for conversations. There need to be this safe place called home where conversations, good, bad, hard, ugly, it can all be talked about. So keep the conversations going. Amen. Hey, thank you for representing all the moms in our church today. We love you. We appreciate you. We love all our moms more because of your sharing with us. Let's thank God for these folks today and all the great counsel they gave us. Love you, baby. Now, I hope you have a sense that like everything else in the Christian life, it's really good and it's really hard. And man, there's a lot of folks here today who are dealing with the hard side of Mother's Day. They're grieving. Maybe you're a mom and you've got a house full of kids and you are exhausted and you feel like you only say that one word, no, 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 all the time. And you don't feel like you've got the backup you need. And, and I hope today you've encouraged, been encouraged to realize that's a phase that you're going to go through. It only lasts about 35 years and then it's over, man. And it's, but you're going to get through that. Some of us are grieving here today, you know, because we got a kid that's gone buck wild somewhere or we've got a spouse that's gone buck wild somewhere. Uh, and man, we feel that weight of responsibility falling down on us in a stronger way. Some of us are grieving here today because there's been a death in our family and, and we're grappling with that or disappointment, deep, deep, deep disappointment. We want to be a mom and that's just not happened for us yet. And it's just a weight we carry. And you know, in Isaiah chapter 40, it says that our God gives power to those who are tired and worn out. And he offers strength to those who are weak. And if you're here today and you feel weak, I hope one of the things you gathered from this conversation is that if you're going through a hard time, you don't have to go through it alone. Now you can choose to, but you don't have to. Uh, you can come here to church and you can find a, a, a band of brothers, you know, a, a, a group of sisters you know, that you can walk through life with and study with and, and grow with. And, and, and it'll just, it'll, it, it's one of the ways that God, you know, gives strength to those who are tired and worn out and power, you know, to those who are weak. He surrounds you with people who love him and love you. And man, I just want you to know that's the, that's the place where you are today. Now, in just a few moments, we're going to have a commitment time and give you an opportunity to make a commitment to Jesus and come to the number one expert on relationships in the world and give your life to him and let him give his life to you. And if you've never done that, if you're wondering why your relationships feel like they're off the rail and you're not walking with the Lord, you, you don't have a relationship with Jesus, let me tell you, that's why your relationships are off the rail. You're not connected with Jesus in a life-changing way, but you are one decision away right now. We're also going to give you an opportunity to come down here and let us pray for you. Man, if you feel like the folks Isaiah was talking about, tired, worn out, weak, you, you do not have to bear this burden alone. Come and let us pray with you. Let us help you. Let us help lift that burden. Come and just make a friend by saying, will you pray with me and see how God can begin to work through that. So let's, let's all stand together. I'm going to pray for us and then our team's going to come out and they're going to lead us in this song and, and then we're going to go for it. Father, I know you've been working in this room today in the hearts of men and women. 
Lord, Lord, there are guys here today who have not expressed the appreciation we need to, appreciate, we need to express to our wives. And Lord, I, I just thank you for this opportunity to be reminded, uh, Lord, that there are moms that are pouring themselves out for our kids. And Lord, I just pray, God, that we'll have that sense of appreciation for them. And Lord, there are moms who feel like they're doing this alone. And I pray, God, that, you know, like the scripture says, if my father, father and my mother abandon me, Lord, you will never abandon me. And Lord, you are there with us every step of the way. And I pray, God, that there will be folks who are struggling today who will refuse to struggle another day alone. Lord, they will come and let us pray with them and let us hold them up before you so that, you, Lord, your spirit and your power can begin to infuse them with strength and encouragement. I just pray, God, in these next few minutes that we'll see people make a step toward strength, a step towards peace and power. And we pray this in the strong name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. amen. Okay. We're going to make this commitment song. If you want to make a, make a decision that'll make a difference, come meet me down front. We'll help you every step of the way. Here we go.